Jared Pocock thought he spotted a gap at soon close. On the left side. They float one over. Must be a try. It is. Australia scoring. And it is the first ever test try for big Adam Colvin. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Green and Gold Rugby Show, the show that's getting you across the game line on the hottest topics in Australian rugby. We've got the band back together tonight, and joining us now is Matt Rowley. G'day, Matt. How are you, mate? Mate, I'm very well. I'm pumped after that. A win. My God, a, a win. win. So this is what it feels like. <laughs> and uh, also, we've got Hugh Cavill again. How are you, Hugh? I'm, I'm a bit under the weather edge, if I'm honest. I've, I've um, I'm been a bit sick the last day, but I think that's just because, you know, celebrating too hard after that Wallaby victory, you know, a real 48-hour binge on... You know everything, and just just really, um, it was wild. It was wild. Um, uh, so look, I'm, I'm but I'm fronting up tonight. I'm, I'm I'm playing injured, but I think I'll be able to get through the full uh, 49 minutes. Well, it's good, mate. You got to make the most of these things. You never know when it's going to happen again. So look, along those lines, it was interesting. So that was our first one of the season. So we need to dig into this, guys. So thinking superstitiously, what happened last week that you did differently that you didn't do before those other test losses? that we can do again next week to ensure us another win. Hugh, anything that you're going to bring this game home for us? Well, look, it's one that I'm reluctant to admit and, and even more reluctant to follow through with it this Saturday, but but it seems to have worked. I I stopped watching at halftime. Oh, I, was, no. I, was, I was out. Uh, I was actually out, and this is, you know, I've, I have watched the game, so, you know, afterwards, but I was out. We had our school reunion, and, and um, only one TV, and I, I did watch the first half, but then was... Was take you know was he um, sort of dragged away in conversation for the second forty and and uh, it was you know great to great to catch up with some old friends uh, but um, did miss the second forty and, and it seems like the Wallabies managed to get well the, the Wallabies did manage to get home so I, I might have to um, I might have to switch off the TV again this week if that's what's going to get the job done. Oh, Jesus. Isn't that interesting? I had a similar one before we go to you, Matt. Was uh, yeah. this is the first test this year that I didn't wear gold in support of, you know, I went to the English game and uh, wore my jersey. You know, normally I'd chuck a jersey on or a scarf on while I'm watching, even if it's just on TV. But this one, because I was in the press box, and you guys know how it is in the press box. You're not meant to show any sort of allegiance to any of the teams playing. So I, I opted for a very basic uh, uh, non-gold out, outfit, and it seemed to work. So maybe I'll have to replicate that one next week. Ah. Well, I mean, uh, yours is not as tough as mine, though, Rich, which was that okay. um, I, I was completely sober. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I hadn't touched a drop. So I'm a bit stuffed now. So I don't know how I can keep that going. But, um, yeah, this I guess... It's going to be weird, then. This is going to mean your game analysis might actually be semi-accurate tonight. <laughs> well, I must admit, yeah. guys, I'm surprised no one's picked up the other thing that happened last week for the first time uh, in the international test season that uh, that we haven't replicated this week. And... and Matt, you missed last week's show. Yeah, I, um, and it was uh, really disrespectful. I'm pretty pissed off about that, guys. It's obviously I had to get back on here, so I didn't <laughs> didn't comment. No, I, I thought it was. Brilliant. I, I must admit, I always love not being on the pod because then I get to listen to it afresh <laughs> the next day, and I really, really enjoyed it. So, uh, yeah, although yeah, the disrespect was bad. Talking about really, really enjoying the pod, Matt. You got a couple of podcast reviews for us. Yeah, no, we've got some great ones. Um, <laughs> I've got one here. Um, I don't think you guys read it out last time. Um, and it's from someone, Pocock in brackets, Cabbage. Five stars, though, um, by Kesh. Green and Gold Forum banned me off the forum for saying Hooper is greater than Pocock. 
and that Pogok is a relic. That's it. That's his review. Five stars, bro. <laughs> Five stars. Though. That's good. We'll take that. Um, and then I've got another one here. It's quite long, though. But um, O for a Northern Hemisphere version um, by Hard Yards Rugby. Informed analysis from people who really care, know about the game, uh, and on the back of that are able to keep it light and funny as well as high quality. Oh, God, we've got to pay this guy more. Exactly. Um, it, it goes on for a good couple of paragraphs here. Um, look, and he, he asks, you know, where is the uh, Northern Hemisphere version? And I guess we've got to say probably our uh, yeah, our brethren, egg at the Egg Chasers. I'd probably check them out. They're not bad, or the Rugby Dungeon. There are a few others as well who are, who are good mates as well, including Blood and Mud and a few guys like that. So check that out, Hard Yards Rugby. But, um, yeah, da- keep us downloaded as well. So it's n- nice to be coming in your ears. Yeah, very nice there. And, and again, to our Eon Digital Sports Radio listeners, if you're just catching us on the radio, you can catch up on our old podcast at our website, greenandgoldrugby.com. So uh, thanks for joining us. And we've got to get stuck into our five burning questions again tonight. Uh, we'll run through them quickly at the top before we dig deep into each and every one. So first questions, what do we give that Wallaby performance out of 10? Uh, second question, uh, who put in the most important individual performance for the Wallabies on Saturday night? Question three, looking ahead this week versus the Pumas, do we keep the same 15 that started against the box? Question four, uh, the bids are in for the 2023 Rugby World Cup. Where should it be held? And the last question, the NRC is heating up three rounds down. Who's been the most impressive team so far? So we're going to get dig deep in all those questions, but straight to the top. Hugh, uh, out of 10, how'd you get that Wallaby performance? Uh, I think I've got to give it, I think it's a six. I, I, I am probably a little bit more optimistic than, than a lot of people about this game. I thought, you know, given we'd lost six straight and the confidence was clearly low, um, to come out and get the win um, and play a pretty good style of rugby, I think it's a, it's a good performance. There's a, a lot of room for improvement. I actually thought we should have won by by 20 or more, given the amount of possession and territory we had and the, the chances that we just couldn't quite capitalise on. But considering, you know, at, at 14 three down, I thought, oh God, here we go again. That, you know, intercept try and looked like the, the the night might not go our way, but we fought back into it and, um, you know, the forwards muscled up and, and yeah, look, it, it was enterprising if it wasn't, you know, that skillful. So I think there's definitely a lot of room for improvement and it's, and it's a bit, bit of a way off our best, but in terms of the attitude, in terms of in terms of the sort of perseverance of it, and um, just being able to get that win, um, I think it's yeah, six out of ten. Matt, how's your feeling? Were you happy with the performance, mate? Look, oh, I hate to have to basically agree with you. Um, puts me in a really <laughs> bad position. Um, but yeah, look, I, if to anyone who hasn't yet, I'd recommend go back and watch it in the cold light of day when you're not sitting there going, you know, crap, 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 we're about to lose again, we're about to lose again, which I did, you know, throughout most of the match, you know, even up towards the end there when, you know, they were within seven points. I was like, oh, no, I've seen this this movie before. Um, but when you don't watch it that way um, and you're a little bit more level-headed and you're just watching the play, um, you know, I, yeah, I thought the guys did a, a lot better than we probably gave them credit for. I, I agree with you. I mean, you know, when you think about it, there are actually two tries there. There, there was one... Um, uh, the the one where uh, what's his name the Brumbies Karevi. prop uh, oh, C- yeah. CO yeah Scott yeah C-O. yeah CO where um, you're kind of like um, I think that's a try Nigel yeah. um, whichever way, whichever way you kind of rewatch it uh, so you know, that was a try the Karevi one was an interesting 
reading was that they were saying it was down at the same time, which I didn't completely agree with. But even if you did, I would have thought you would have got the rub of the green. But I can understand what that reading is, which yeah. is he's out with the ball's down. So there's a couple there. And that's even before you get to the fact that we probably, um, you know, butchered one or two. So, yeah, I, I, you know, I felt like it was, um, yeah, much more positive. That uh, It was also just, I guess, the other thing to wrap in there was, geez, we needed that. I mean, you know, mm. uh, word, out, word out of the camp was that it, things could have really unraveled if that one hadn't gone down, I think, because I think everyone would just been, well, what do we do now? Um, yeah. But it's really interesting. I, the, the, there's two ways to look at this, and I'm not really quite sure where we are on the end of all of this, is that, you know, one way to look at it is that actually, you know, we got hit on the bounce by England. Um, you know, we had a younger team. We had some injuries and all the rest of it. They came here. They were better than we thought they were going to be. That absolutely kind of knocked us for six. And actually, a couple of those games were a lot close. We were actually quite close. And then on the back of that, you then you got to go play the All Blacks. And you're facing them with low confidence. We then get, like, injuries in the first 10 minutes to gits and all this sort of stuff. Um, and then, you know, and all of a sudden, you kind of, that's five matches down. Um, and that actually this is us kind of coming back and now you'll start to see, you know, I think some uh, some confidence come back through. Another way of looking at it is that, you know, a whole bunch of our stuff's been an absolute schmozzle line out, um, you know, defence, all sorts. Um, and actually th- this is just a blip. So this is like us winning uh, the tallest midget competition. <laughs> Can I go on for there, mate? Because I, I yeah. think that's legit. I mean, I, and I'd give us a six two, and I'll get into a bit of that. But my big question, and I think it was Brad, Brad Pitt, that great rugby connoisseur, who said it first, asked the question, "What's in the box?" Because, mate, I, I, what is this Springbok team? I just see no no shape to them. I don't know what they offer. You know, they're a bit of a rabble all up. I couldn't see Elton Janches is playing deeper than the Aussies are playing. Um, how weird! You know, how I, weird was it, Rich? Can I can I quickly chip in? Because I'll get let you get back to it. This has been that was my big takeaway from the game. The Springboks sat and watched England beat us three 0 playing a physical game that relied on territorial kicking. Yeah, you think that's as theirs to a T? And then you've got Elton Yanchis that's doing cross kicks in his own twenty-two. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it, our lineouts on life support, and they never once tried to kick for the corner. It was it was so strange. It was really bizarre, and I guess we'd always asked, you know, would Jatchy start versus the Wallabies, and he did, so, you know, they're continuing to play that game, but they just, they had nothing. I mean, a couple of early tries, and there was some concern there, you know, we'll give one as the intercept, the Warren Whiteley try was was legit, but there was an intercept in there, but after that, there was nothing to them. which is, you know, how do we judge that? And, you know, they dropped one versus Ireland, um, and obviously one versus Argentina. But, yeah, I, I, look, I want to turn this positive because, you know, I, I, it was a better Wallaby team. We just have to have that caveat there about um, who we were playing. But, you know, there was a bit more structure there. I thought the set piece was stronger. Uh, there was finally a bit of... Um, uh, a bit of something happening in that back line. We saw some a lot more uh, uh, breaks being made and defenders being beaten, which was which was pretty handy. Samu Karevi having a big game there, well, you know, at least in attack wise. So um, yeah, look, good to get the win, but uh, I'm always a little bit concerned about uh, who we're going against. And if we'd we'd played that same performance, same team against the All Blacks, what the score might have been, uh, it's hard to say, I guess. Yeah, or, or even the caveat of. Caveat of ten, the last ten years of Wallaby rugby, though. Yeah, you know when we yeah. don't beat the All Blacks, and what does it all mean other than that? You know, 
Yeah. Or, or if we played the uh, Argies in their first half. Yeah. I mean, that, yeah. That, you know, what we've, I mean, God knows what we've got coming this weekend. If the Argies can turn that out for a half of rugby, that was unbelievable. But um, you know what? You know what, Matt? Like, I hate to – I don't want to talk down the Argies because that will be a tough task this week. But, but actually, that game, has, that game was very similar to how the New Zealand-Argentina versus New Zealand game has been for – for the last two or three years, the Argies go in there with nothing to lose, and mm. the first half is close, and they and they throw the ball around, and it's sensational. And then the All Blacks run over them, and it happened last year, the exact same thing. And I'm pretty sure it happened the year before as well. Um, and then we we look at that and go, oh shit! But then they come and they just don't quite lift against us to the same level that they do against the All Blacks. Yeah, I think I think it's because there's not many teams you can probably. The, the key to beating the All Blacks is around physicality. I think we know it. I mean, I remember Nathan Sharp saying to us that you know that's what, that's the key that's been kind of passed down over the ages is the only times you get up is if you really get in there and belt them. Um, and I think that's like you say, if the Argies go in there with a no care attitude, um, and they've just got they've got the size and the physicality to be able to do that, like not many other teams. You know, the Poms every now and again can do it when they've got the right pack. Um, and so they go and do that, but obviously, the, for whatever reason, they can't keep that going for more than about fifty minutes. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm intrigued. Uh, part of me thinks that we can go through the reg- rest of the rugby championship undefeated. Big, big tasks. Uh, I was going to say in Argentina, but we don't play Argentina in Argentina. We play them at Twickenham, so you know that that takes that out of the equation. And the only challenge mm. then becomes South Africa and South Africa, and and oh, who knows which South African team will be playing? It's always tough to beat them in the Republic. But mate, that's four games I reckon we could do, and, and all of a sudden our season's looking a little bit more promising. Well, yeah, has has has. Has, is this team the ultimate confidence team, though? Is, is this maybe yeah. the, their thing? I mean, you look at last year, and they, through the quirk of the draw of being different, we started against South Africa, and we yeah. fluked the win there, and then we went over to Argentina, and we won there, and then all of a sudden we beat the All Blacks, and yet we dropped that one in all. In um, Auckland, I think it was a bit of an outlier. But, and then you look at the World Cup, and we built up against Fiji and Uruguay. And then yep. we had, you know, like it was all about, about momentum more than more than anything, yep. and. and you know, without that, it looks like we're we're, we're really haven't got much at all. Which goes think, back to your point, Matt. Yeah, we're we're chucked in against England, who are, as you say, on the bounce and targeting us. Eddie's Eddie's got us in the crosshairs, and the the, the All Blacks, yeah, on top of the game. It is. Uh, it makes a lot of sense. Now you stole my bit there, Hugh. I, yeah. I think we are the ultimate confidence team, and I think that's how Czech coaches. I mean, I, I don't think it's any secret. It's all about getting that extra five percent from what's in that, you know, last one inch, uh, you know, sort of uh, in, in the top of the brain, sort of thing. So, uh, and I think that's that's what he does. And if that gets knocked out of you, you're kind of stuffed. Um, because what he seems to also forget is that you know, you know, there's no such thing as a line out. Um, and then, you know, defence seems to be kind of optional apart from you know really trying your guts out. So, you know, when when the confidence isn't working, everything else seems to kind of you know, fall apart, and I think we just got that kicked out from under us. Yeah, indeed. All right, so that's the, that's the team performance. It'll be interesting to see how that builds. But let's look at the individual performance, and let's go to that second burning question, and it's about who put in the most important performance for the Wallabies in that test. Um, Matt, let's go to you first and foremost, mate. Well, look, we've had a bit of a chat about this, so um, I'm going to say this is the most important only because I've got an idea what you guys are going to say otherwise. Um, I thought... Reese Hodge was uh, a really, really interesting po- um, p- 
performance, but I don't think that was for a lot of the reasons that a lot of people might think. Um, there's been a lot of chat over the whole site saying, oh, he's looked great, so he's got to be 12. I, mm. I don't think that at all. And actually, um, Bobus in the booth put a really great montage together of all these super rugby tries. Um, and I, to me, the, all those tries he's been he scored, none of them look like 12 tries, as in it wasn't people in tight traffic finding space that wasn't there. And actually, when I watch him play, I see him run into a lot of people. He runs into a lot of people with pace and heart, but he doesn't find that he doesn't find that space. And actually, you know, for all the problems that Bernard Foley has, whether it's with his kicking or whether it's passing to Uta, um, you know, what what he also does better than the rest of us is well, the rest of us <laughs> better than the rest yes. of the Wallaby. I I think he, his ability to find um, his way through traffic, I think, is probably surpassed, you know, by uh, you know Bowden Barrett. I think it's very Bowden Barrett like, is what I'm trying to say, in that he manages to pick his way through traffic. You know, that try he scored is perfect um, as an example of it. And I think when you're at 12, yeah, you could probably do with someone who's a little bit bigger and a little bit harder runner doing that maybe but it still works and I think that he works really well there but then also manages to do that other playmaker piece Um, whereas I think Hodge has just got he's got I think he's got 13 or Mm. blindside winger written on him Um, and the third thing is we've got quite a few 13s hanging around having Mm. said all of that because I think that's where people have got oh hallelujah He's got a couple of great qualities that we do love. And just to, 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 to rattle those off, Jeezy looks good in defense. Jeezy looks good hitting a, um, you know, a, a ruck. Um, yep. And Jeezy looks fantastic hoofing the ball 50 meters upfield. Yeah. How good was that? That was sensational. You know, and that's something we haven't seen for ages. You know, but, you know, I just think that's like how – you know, I, I kind of feel like uh, I don't know what's the term that you use for this, but you know, pity us. You know that we haven't yeah. had someone who, could, who at international level can kick the ball fifty meters. Um, and he wasn't the only guy doing it. So I know you guys have picked some other people, but like yeah, Genier and Cooper. Were, you know, to see us having exits that were on, on or over the fifty meters line, we're just like I was crying tears of joy. And then to see somebody who could put us on, you know, from our 22 to someone else's 22 on a penalty, I was like, oh, that's just that's unbelievable. But really, at international level, that's what you should expect. But for us, that's a game changer, um, I think, because suddenly we can be playing in somebody else's territory and break out of this problem that both the Waratahs and recently the Wallabies have had. So that's why I'm saying I think he was one of the most important performances, not necessarily because... Um, I see him at 12, but because of those sort of qualities that he brings, I think he's got, um, you know, a lot of that Rob Horn that Rob Horn's put into the Wallabies, except I'm thinking he's got a little bit more pace and um, he's obviously got that boot. And we've also seen that penalty goal he kicked from 53 metres. So, you know, those skill sets that I think are on top of what Horn brought at like a blindside winger is what what I think he's bringing. And then obviously he looks like he he could play 13. So that's why I thought that was a really important performance. And, and he just looked at home at international rugby as well. Yeah, I agree. I think that's a ripper selection. I'm, I'm a massive fan of Hodge. Don't know where he fits. I, I see him as a 13 Mortlock, but Mortlock himself started on the blind wing, as you say. But that relieving kick, that kicks from the penalties, it's a transfer of pressure, isn't it? You're in your own yeah. half, then all of a sudden you're well into the other team half. It's fantastic. Um, Hugh, how about you, mate? What's your choice? Look, as much as I'd like to... to to pick a forward, I, you know, there was a few good performances in there, and, and Rich, I think you'll touch on a few of them. The, the guy I've, I've, I've got to nominate is is Will Genia. Um, he was back to his best, and it was just great to see. He um, he had um, 
that game management that I think you know Nick Phipps for for all of his ability just just lacked and that ability to just hold the ball up a second and, and and be a bit more strategic with the way he delivers his his service was sharp um he's got that you know that darting running game that's that's still there and and those box kicks I mean he's learned how to box kick which which is um fantastic and it's great to see an Australian halfback who has that ability uh, to get us out of trouble and it's it, it it was really important to us and, and he was I think he was my man of the match I think he was um, in the player That's ratings and, match, yep. and review as well. So, um, yeah, and, and just to quickly, I'll, I'll agree with you, Matt, on Foley. I thought actually he was underrated in that game, and a lot of people have gone, oh, well, how good was Quade Cooper and how poor was was um, Bernard Foley? I actually think the difference between the two was a lot closer. I don't think Cooper was as good as a lot of people are making out. The one thing I want, him, I want to see him do is just take the ball to the line a bit more. That When he was at his best in 2010-11, he... He had the ability to to clap on the speed, take on the line, and 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 make line breaks himself. Um, and I just think he's not quite there yet with that. And that's the one thing that Foley has, and we saw that in his try. You know that that ability to to step off step off the right and go through and and um and and go over the line himself is is something I'd like to see Quaid get into. Um, so it's, I, th- I think they both played well. I think Quaid played well um, as well. But um, yeah, good to see good to see Wilgenia um coming back to form. Yeah, it's interesting one about Quaid. I remember in the press box, there was one stage in that second half where he came the blind, Quaid, and there was a gap in front of him, and we all saw it. And and he passed, and we were blown away. It was with his speed of old, even his current speed, it's still pretty fast. You know, he could have gone all the way there. So just, yeah, it's it's not quite right there at the moment, and perhaps he's being... um, overly cautious in terms of feeding his outside men, but uh, you're right, he played well. But, yeah, heads up, Genia, he was fantastic. Yeah, my only thing is I just wonder if both Quaid and Genia's kicks to touch, I thought, were, were excellent. And Genia's, those box kicks in, in our exits, you know, where he's in the 22 and managing to box kick to the halfway line, um, well, that I was think really, that's Mc, that was I really think that's Mc, I think that's McBurn. I think McBurn, has come out and said that Burn's been working with him specifically on box kicks. So that's, that's our first bit of oh, clear wow. McBurn evidence, I believe. Well, Reg, well I mean, this, I have, just... I've never seen him kick like that. Yeah, does this colour your opinion, Reg, about about Europeans? Because the 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 Guinea and Cooper, the 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 thing I that's really surprised me about the two of them, and I, I love to see them in form, and it's great. But you know, we were told Guinea was injured all season and he knows no form at all for for start, and and um and Cooper barely got off the bench for Toulon and played a bit of fullback, but not much ten. And yet they've come in here and been you know pretty serviceable Test players. I mean, yeah. Yeah, it's a really good question, and I guess the answer is they're Queenslanders, you know? <laughs> no, but I think I made that point in that first test, is even then when I was anti the guys that Genia was, what about best, and I think he has been all season, um, I'm really, I actually really am surprised. I think he's playing better now than he was when he left, um, and maybe it is because he's had six months off and he's completely refreshed, or he's, he's just enjoying the environment over there, but I don't know what it is, mate, uh, he, but he's, he's playing very well, and it's great to see um, I'll chime in with mine, and I'll uh, I'll back up the forwards here. And Adam Coleman was my man. Um, uh, big raps on this lad, and I thought he looked good in the the tests we've seen so far. But the big thing he did this game is he took over responsibility of the lineouts, which was um, excuse me was a, which is a a massive call considering many thought that was the reason why Mum was being brought back into the side to control the lineouts, and I'm sure he p- provided some sort of support. To, uh, to Colin, but I thought Colin did a stellar job in those lineups, and as far as I can recall, and Matt, I might have to take your advice and watch it again, but as far as I can recall, other than that one stuff up between Tatafa and Douglas uh, in the second half, I think they 
all operated pretty well. But Douglas, I just love the way he plays. Oh, sorry, Coleman, I just love the way he plays. He, he hit plenty of rucks. He made plenty of tackles. Um, I, I saw through Force fans' ruck stats that he, he came out in that second half and really ran things up, which I think what you want to do, you really want to make an impact in those, uh, you know, those important minutes post uh, the break. And he really did up his work right there. Um, but the maturity on the lad, big raw bone physical lad, you know, Tasmanian, I love the story. Uh, I just thought that was a great, uh, you know, a great, harsh, a really impressive lock performance for someone in his, uh, what, second test start. Yeah, he was great. Uh, uh, he made one tackle late, in, well, sort of midway through the second half before he got subbed that sticks in my mind and and, and pre- prevented a line break. It was a sort of desperate dive and the, and, and it, it was really skillful. And, and it just showed that commitment that he just went so hard, you know. And, and look, uh, Sully made the point a few weeks ago that you know he's he isn't playing that much better than what Rob Simmons ever did, but I think we're we're already seeing a step up week to week, yeah. you know. And he's only in, as he says, second start, third test, and and he um looks looks to um be oh, look a fantastic prospect. And if you know he can keep this going, he's got Argentina this week, which will be another challenge. But you know the, the scrum was good too, and and those yep. other things, and 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 that 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 tight five performance, I think in general was was a step up. And there's still a few steps that they can take it. But um, good to see them get over the Springboks in the, in well, an area where we traditionally don't get over the Springboks. Well, and look in the second row there. Suddenly you've got two guys who are the right size um, and also the right ages. You know now in you know um, Coleman and in Arnold. I think yeah. they've both shown um, capability at test level. Yep. I'm not quite sure why Arnold's kind of gone to the outside, but I mean, look, you know, I guess it's just about who's he got injured. Mix, but, oh, that's right. So I mean, but you would hope then, you know, those two guys get them into an intense, you know, line out academy for God's sake. Um, you know, along with the rest of the guys, and you know, let's start making a proper, you know, combination there. Um, well, you know, with maybe uh, with hopefully a third option. I'm not ready to ditch Rob Simmons yet. The bikes, I think Rob Simmons is 27, you know, and, and we saw yeah. Nathan Sharp produce pretty good form at 33, 34, 35. Mm. So, uh, you know, I think these days we're pretty quick to write off some of these blokes that are, that, you know, even Wilgenia, who seems like this veteran, I think he might be 28. So still, you know, a lot of rugby left in him. And same with Quaid and Kirtley and these guys that came on very, very young. Um, Tavita Kurandrani's only 24. So, um, you know, there's, there's, a, there's. Hopefully, we can, uh, we can get the best out of these guys, and you know, certainly expect to see all of them at the World Cup. Yeah, don't want to give up on Simo, and, and, and we'll see what they do. And I'm sure we'll discuss this in later podcasters how that uh, Wallaby squad for the end of season tour might look at. But mate, if you've watched much of the NRC, the Queensland country, Simmons is not doing himself any favours. He is. He's invisible in the NRC, and it's a real, real shock to me. But uh, I agree, we can't give him up to him. He's still got, you know, a lot to offer Super Rugby wise. But he's got, uh, he's he's falling further behind, I reckon. Mm. Well, because you've got to say, you know, other than line out technician, and this has probably been the thing that everyone's always been on the Simo's back. My sense is he's just a really, really nice guy. Um, but you know, it's it's you know uh, just a little bit of that abrasiveness that you know we're kind of or that that physical presence that you know you, you see you know in all the in those Kiwi bloody locks. Unfortunately, they've got both the skills you know and the abrasiveness or etzer chests, um, you know pecs. Um, yes. You know we need someone to measure up. Yeah, indeed, and, and uh, it's good to see we've got that talent there at the moment. Um, all right, let's move on to the next question, shall we, lads? Uh, question number three. Uh, a simple one. We've got the Pumas on Saturday night over in Perth. Uh, should we be keeping the same 15 
Hugh, what do you think? Do we stick with consistency? Uh, I think we probably do stick with consistency. Uh, you know, a, a part of me would like to tinker a little bit, give James Slipper a run on start, see how that goes. Maybe, you know, you're tempted to, to maybe tinker with, with where you play Reese Hodge. And, but to be honest, no, let's stick with the same team. Um, and let's give them another go. I thought it was a pretty laudable performance in Brisbane, and let's actually get some, get some, um, you know, some consistent weeks and, and, and hope for some combinations built. The combination I think I was the most excited about, and hopefully, hopefully, Reg, I imagine you were pretty excited about it as well, was the uh, Quade Cooper Samu Karevi combination, which um, seemed to be getting better and better as as the game wore on, and, and it was Samu's best game I thought as as a Wallaby. And again, he looks to have that Adam Coleman style, a lot of upside. He's, he's he 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 sort of. Um, Brought it physically and, and look, defensively he's still got a few issues, but certainly if he can start getting through the line and freeing the arms up and getting those offloads away, and he looks to, you know, have that confidence with the ball in hand now, then, you know, he, he, he so talk about a competition for the 13 jersey with Reese Hodge and Karevi yeah, yeah. and Kurandrani and, and, and these sort of guys, it's going to be great. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, Karevi was fantastic, made a lot of metres, and it's you know still people questioning him, but I, I thought it was great to see. And I'm, Michael Cherka said after the match that he's he's still fighting his feet. He knows he's just um, getting up to speed with the fitness is his big thing. You know, test levels is a whole new level, and uh, he recognises his fitness needs to be improved upon. So uh, he's uh, still got a lot of improvement to go. Um, Matt, do you expect changes? Should there be changes? Well, and just on the Karevi bit, I mean, I'd say like like the work on the end there. I agree. There's a lot of positive, and yeah, I I agree with you on his best test so far. But it's the finishing. So yeah, yeah we saw we, yeah. you know he, he had the ball in the wrong bloody hand uh, for that try for a start. But it's just that thing, and he'll make that break. And there was another one where he made where you know he had somebody on his outside. Was it Hodge or somebody on the wing? And he just came inside and he didn't need to. It's that clinical. Oh, fantastic! I've broken the line open, and now you know it's Mar Nonu. You know I draw and pass, yep. um, and he's not doing it. He's looking to beat another man or do something crazy in field. When actually it's just a case of link up and draw and pass, and you'll do it anyway. That was my bit, um, but I think that probably comes with experience, right? Look, um, yeah. I think we've just heard typical Cavill doesn't want yeah. to rock the boat. Um, <laughs> next, he'll be saying the RU's doing a great job. Um, Aren't whereas- they just? <laughs> Whereas, um, look, I think change. My change is going to be in one. I, you know, I love. We ter- we we termed we sorry coined this term, the pooper, and it was one that got us a long way and busted the World Cup open and um, you know really put us on the world stage. But I think we've got to start to admit that the pooper isn't doing what it first did, and I think just like any amazing weapon i think teams start to focus on it and they start to kind of work it out the way they seem to be working it out but seem to be getting away with it is you know as the saffers did but then as the kiwis have been doing is basically just hold on to david pocock wherever you can um yeah you know whether it's around his neck around his foot uh, around his um headgear i'm just slowing down from from ruck to ruck but then also like and as we saw all through the game on saturday night just just flop on the ball just flop on the ruck just don't give him a chance to, to dig at it. And and I think once you've kind of nullified that in a match um, with David, then it's like, well, you know, he doesn't quite bring, and I thought he actually got shown up a little bit on, on the night with some of the carries, some of the passing, and then some sort yeah. of attempt, attempt at a grubber, for God's sake, 
no, no, no. Um, so I, I feel he's getting a bit frustrated because he's not managing, he's not being able to play his game. And I think that probably going out with him as the starting pair at eight is, is just giving oppositions too much to plan for where they can say, look, if we can shut him down for, for a half a match, we're pretty much through and they'll do whatever they need to do. And refs these days don't seem to be um, really favouring a jackling side. So, they, you know, it, it's, it's more that sort of Owens style. So I do wonder if, if it isn't time to sh- sort of shake it up a bit and, you know, maybe you throw in a Tamani um, opening up at eight. Um, and then if you're, if you're missing that jackling capability, maybe that's when you put, um, you know, Green and God Rugby's own Scott Fardy um, at six um, to put a bit more pressure, you know, at the breakdown from a different angle. But I, look, whatever the combination might be, I just kind of feel we probably need to start thinking about shaking that up. Maybe you don't do it for every match. Maybe you pick and choose. But I think Pooper straight out of the box, and I'm not even saying that from a line-out perspective because I know that's what a lot of people were saying. Um, I'm just saying that from a – I'm not sure. It's, it's, it's not doing the thing it was designed to do, in which case you've got to say, why well, keep doing it? I think yeah. you're giving David Pocock a little bit too much credit there, Matt, to be honest. Uh, you say it's the interpretations that he's frustrated. I just don't think he played well on Saturday night. Um, he's just not getting his hands on the ball enough. And yet, look, you can say the Saffets were a bit dodgy in the way they took him out of it, but he's a good enough player. We've seen him in the past to get around that, and he just he, there just wasn't that, that pilfering, and there hasn't been for a few weeks. Um, you know, the guy's a champion, and, you know, and, and I, I don't necessarily think it's time to drop him, but at the same time, yeah, look, I, th- I think he'd be disappointed with his game with his game on Saturday. Yeah, and that's why I think you know maybe bringing him on is impact um, sort of thing. Maybe, you know, yeah. Second half, something like that, when you know the, the game's shaken up a little bit and he can tie he can tie the opposition right down again. I don't know, something like that. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I see a lot of merit in that and the impact he would have on the be- bench, but where there would be a factor is I, I think Checker really loves McMahon coming on off the bench, doesn't he? Um, and he does have a have an impact, and whether you could carry both those guys, I don't know. You'd have to go to the 6-2 bench, which is always a consideration versus the Pumas. But, yeah, it, that's an interesting one. I make a lot of good points there. I think number eight's one of those positions we're really not settled on, um, and we're lucky to have Poey there to be able to play it. But I don't think he's the eight we're after at the moment. I don't, I, yeah. And I'm not convinced we have one. I mean, Tamani would be interesting to give it a go. Uh, plenty of raw talent there, and Sitalecki, his brother, was definitely uh, sort of started to show that a couple of times with the Wallabies towards the end of his career before he went overseas. So it'd be an interesting one to see a little petty there. Uh, I suspect they'll uh, they'll keep consistency in that. Yeah, you talk about that confidence team and first win of the season, you'd like to think they'll back him up. But uh, there's some really interesting... Um, Really interesting options there. I guess the you know the the back line there stays the same. I saw Cam Shepherd came out today wanting to move Izzy Fall out of the wing and Foley to full back and Hodge to twelve, um, which is just remarkable. But uh, yeah, I think consistency will be the factor here. Right, All right. Like you. so you're both wrong. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, you're, you're the one with these inside lines on these. I'm surprised you haven't named the team yourself this week. <laughs> Um, so, so go on, mate. I don't know if you're asking me. No, I haven't got any news. Sorry, fellas. Yeah. So, there you go. Um, all right. Look, uh, talking Wallabies, let's talk broader internationals. And earlier this week, or maybe it was late last week, um, the World Rugby announced the four countries that have submitted applications to host for the 2023 World Cup. So, they are Ireland, France, Italy, and South Africa. 
the announcement will be made in November next year, 2017, so got lots of time to consider it. But off the bat, Hugh, who would you like to see host that 2023 World Cup, uh, remembering that uh, in 2019 it'll be in Japan? Yeah, I, I actually haven't given this to, this one too much thought, Reg, to be honest. Um, look, I, I think it might be time to, to, to look into, you know, maybe the United States of America. I don't know. I mean, look, certainly Australia is another one that's probably due. I'm not sure, you know, backing up from Japan, keeping it in that sort of time zone, it's probably not the best uh, for the Northern Hemisphere, those sort of powers that be might not enjoy that. Um, the only other one I, I imagine is probably South Africa, uh, who are Jews. So I've basically named half the countries in the world there. So um, pick one of them. And uh, but I'll, I'll, I'll go America. Let's give it. Let's give them a go. I think there's there's enough of a market there, and we've seen with the All Blacks and the Wallabies going over there and playing at some of those some of those pretty famous fields. That um, yeah, you know, by 2023, um, by 2023, the the um, sort of groundswell of support behind rugby hopes are a little bit more advanced and that pro competition there might have might have developed a, a little bit more of a following and, and um, we might be able to um, to swing a bit of support. But um, I don't know. I, I don't think it'll happen. I imagine after Japan, they'll send it back to a... Um, to, to a pretty um, developed rugby rugby nation. But, um, yeah, I, I'll give yeah, it to the Americans. It, it definitely won't go to America, mate, because, like I just said, they're not one of the four countries that have submitted uh, proposals. But, uh... Yeah, well, look, Reg, I mean, uh, you know me. And I know I'm, I'm, an outside the box, I'm an outside-the-box thinker, you know. And, uh, <laughs> it's, this is it, you know. That, it's, it's, it's easy to sit back here and name the four countries that have already been named by the people and... You know, that's great, but that's not the way I choose to take it. Exactly. Is there some connection between Destination New South Wales and the United States bid? <laughs> that's what I'd like to know. I demand Those to know. LA, LA to Sydney flights. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Matt, they're great Sydney. Um, to our LA audience. Yeah. <laughs> if you could abide by uh, the rules here and... Which of these four countries that has submitted proposals to host the 2023 <laughs> oh, World no, Cup? I've said my answer. Move on. Move I'm asking on. Matt now. We have already um, moved on from you. I'm asking Matt. Uh, uh, Arab Emirates, mate. Um, <laughs> they've got a big sporting infrastructure, uh, and they're and they're willing to bribe anyone. No, look. Um, I would say, look. You look at some of the ones there. Look, I've got to say, you know, Ireland. It's yeah, I, I know they haven't had. Uh, apparently, they've you know. 90, was it 99 and 91? But we keep having these World Cups that are yeah. Wales and in England and, and yeah. some, there's always a game in Ireland or something as well. It yeah. feels like it's the same place just keeps going round and round in circles. Can't give it to them. So, look, I'm going for Italy simply because, geez, it would be great. That'd be, what a holiday. You know, um, I mean, they've got plenty of, you know, decent-sized um, stadia with, the, you know, with all these soccer pitches. I guess it might make them slightly small. I don't quite know what you need to do about that. But, geez, that would just be awesome. Um, I guess they'd probably fa- they'd farm off a few games to France, I guess, keep, you know, keep the frogs happy. But, um, yeah, out of that lot, that's probably the one that excites me the most. Um, Saffers can probably lay a claim, I guess. But, yeah, if it's not America, then I go for Italy. As a, as a yeah. holiday, that would be great. The Italians, the food, the, you know, the pasta and oh. all that stuff. I mean, it's no... It's not like the you know the fried chicken you get down in the deep south of America, I suppose, but you know it's 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 still pretty good. Yeah, it's not like a hot dog. <laughs> yeah, that's. Oh, come on, Rich. Put us out of our misery here. What, what's, 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 I don't know. I don't know, mate. I agree with I agree with Matt. So obviously Ireland hasn't hosted itself, but it's been involved in ninety one. Uh, yeah, yeah, and ninety nine. Um, 
Uh, South Africa had it in 1995, which was a pretty remarkable tournament. Uh, but uh, Italy has, and France had it in 2007, and that will go down as one of the worst World Cups ever. I think it was a, it, it copped a bit of flack for being one of the ones where um, the style the style of play was just terrible. By I think South Africa kicked their way, and England kicked their way to the final. It was pretty abysmal. But um, yeah, Italy stands out for me for the same reasons. It'd be a great venue. Um, I don't know what the stadium like. I guess there's plenty of football stadiums, soccer stadiums there that could host the big one. I don't know too much yeah, about the Italy sure. stadium. I suppose. I suppose with Ireland, it'd just be good to give all of those you know those Irish fans a chance to see their team be knocked out in the quarterfinals again. You know, just <laughs> in front of in front of a big home crowd, just really disappoint them again. <laughs> Yes, uh, you just you've got your fan base there, Hugh. You got to play it, mate. <laughs> um, yeah, look, it'd just be the same stuff, then, wouldn't it? Like you know, it'd be the same stuff going around and around. We'd see games at Twickenham, we'd see games in Wales. I don't yeah. know. It feels like it. It feel like there'd be the same thing. All over this it is as a bit well. of a test of that that power base, and, and you know how how much is it? You know how, how and I wonder if Ireland will win because they'll just give one. You know, Japan is the one of the developing countries, and. Yeah, the, the the new rugby markets, and they won't be keen to give a second one in succession to another new rugby market, and they'll take it back to yeah to to to, to the um sort of British and Irish sort of zone there. Yeah. Well, the, well, you know, you... the last the last one was so huge and so successful. You can't you're not surprised if they take it back there. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and it yeah, it just it just mints money over there, doesn't it? So yeah. I. I can imagine they're going to be uh, licking their lips um, a little bit, but I, you know, I, I mean, you know, Japan's obviously not Southern Hemisphere, so, but um, I, I understand that it's around the other side of the world. Uh, but yeah, how no, Italy. Be? Be. How, how good is Japan going to be, though? Let's look forward to that one. I mean, I'm, I'm really excited. Mm. So it'll be great time zone for for, for Australian viewers. It, it'll be that fantastic crowd. Have we seen the Sunwolves crowd? Yeah, the the yeah. bananas. That'll be fantastic. The food, the culture, all of that sort of stuff rolled into it. And oh, look, I think that, I think, and then they've got the Olympics the next year, so they're really in that major event mode um, in Japan there. So I think I think it'll be absolutely fantastic, and I think it'll be it'll set a um, set a bit of a standard for for, for um, for other countries to, to have to um, sort of follow up because I, I can't see it being anything less than a, than a massive success. Yeah, it should, a ripper. Should be. All right, uh, our last burning question, we've gone from the World Cup. It's just a natural progression to talk National Rugby Championship, the NRC now, and we have just completed three rounds. Uh, plenty, really interesting round, this one. We had um, the Horan Little Challenge, Canberra successfully uh, winning the, the Horan Little Challenge, the first time Brisbane City have lost it in uh, its uh, year-and-a-half uh, uh, period of existence. Um, we had Goodwin, Sydney Rays, and New South Wales country on top of the ladder. Uh, really interesting round of rugby. Hugh, I want to ask you the question, who's been the most impressive NRC team from your perspective? Look, I've, I've got to give a shout out to um, you know to Green God Rugby's own Pete Playford and 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 the um, Country Eagles, New South Wales Country. I, I mean, I, I um I think they have um, got a really good squad assembled, and it just looks to be clicking over a little bit a little bit um, better than it has in previous years. And and that backline there um, with Andrew uh, Andrew Deegan, I think at ten, and Jake Gordon yeah. and 
Um, David Horwitz, I think, is, is having, a, having a good season. I think he's that sort of player that thrives at NRC levels, probably just on the fringe of the Waratahs, but playing probably a little bit um, above the level of the players around him at NRC. And Kyle Godwin, too, it's good to see him getting getting some um, metres in his legs. And, and, of course, some of the performers in the pack, too, a guy like Ned Haddingen and Tolu Lato, who have probably been two of the form forwards in the competition. Um, and so, look, they survived a bit of a late scare there at the hands of the the Rising, who who are you know a, a side stacked with some some pretty good talent, and um, sort of managed to weather the storm in the second half and hold on for the win. So I, I think that momentum's there with them, and I, I look forward to seeing them seeing them giving it a real shake. Yeah, yeah, I agree. That they've been outstanding. So they're undefeated at the moment. They are in second spot, though, Matt. I got a feeling you watched the. Uh top of the table raised this week what would you think yeah mate so you you must be hating this question because it's gone from last year's nrc where it was queensland all the way oh, and then here's and then, and then here's me and hugh wanging on about the two sydney clubs because <laughs> i'm going to say it's the, the rays um who i think have been fantastic um they did they you know came from behind um against was it queensland country um yes on the on the, on the weekend and um, and they, you know, and I thought they were really reminiscent of Norths, um, which mm. isn't surprising, I guess, because there's a fair few players there, plus the coach, I believe, is it Cron? Yep. yep. Um, who's the, who was the coach of both? And and you and you see a lot of things, you know. Just, uh, not, I basically just watched the the grand final that Norths was in, so um, got on that bandwagon <laughs> at the last possible minute. Um, but um, you know, it, it hit a lot of the same qualities in that um, you know they're very happy to defend. Uh, because they've got, you know, they're, they're up really fast in defence, back in the line. They work as a team, both in attack and defence, work really, really hard. Um, you know, not exactly laden with stars, I don't think, but no, not um, at all. You know, but just and that's again, you look at North. It was, it was the same thing. So I just find them really enjoy, enjoyable to watch from from that perspective. And um, you know, they seem very comfortable, even though they went down quite a few points on the weekend to just kind of muscle their way back. So um, putting yet another Queensland team to the sword. Yeah, mate, they they were very good. I think Maddie Lucas is playing sensational rugby, so it must be tough for yeah. you um, watching that. But um, but <laughs> good performances there. Michael Wells at the back of the scrum was, was fantastic, and and uh, Damien Fitzpatrick, who, uh, if the rumours are cor- correct, is the uh, on the Waratahs book for next year at Hooker. Hey, would you believe it? Uh, look, I, I, I completely agree. Eagles and Rays stand out. I, I'd probably lean a little bit more towards the Eagles. I think they've had the tougher run in, and I think we'll see them sort of pull away in the coming weeks. But I have to mention the the Western Sydney Rams. So we're going to have three New South Wales teams. Oh now the God. Rams have the Rams have lost every game, but I I had completely written them off when their squad was announced. I did not name. I did not know. I probably knew two or three players. Um, they have completely recruited from Western Sydney. They're, they're you know other than the odd Fijian Olympic gold medalist and so on. But they have just Jeremy Paul. Oh, sorry, John Muggleton, the head coach. Jeremy Paul, their assistant coach, and I think uh, Joel Wilson's their other assistant coach. What they've done to this team of, of veritable no names, you know, lesser names in the Sydney Rays, and that the, the way they're playing, they really pushed Perth Spirit last week, and they really pushed Brisbane City the weekend before, and even their first round uh, game against the the Rays, um, where the Rays ran away with it in the end. But you know, they really took it up them, and they've got some fantastic talent there, really tough, physical, skillful forwards. Um, and some names that I'll definitely be watching out there. A couple of names I hope sort of the the, the rep rugby guys are watching as well. Um, Tyrone Vaiga at the back of the scrum and um, Sopalago on the side of the scrum and 
Uh, Scotty Gale's playing pretty well at, fly, at, at scrum half, and it's just a just a real good combination. And, and you know, this is what a challenge it is to bring these guys together uh, for a week or so before the competition starts and having performing like this. I'd really hope they'd get up last weekend against the Spirit, um, but they weren't quite up to it. But uh, the Rams, they're they're a real real challenge, a uh, real talent base there, and I I hope they uh, pull off a, a win soon. Well, that will cheer up Fitzy, who will be listening to this, I should yeah, imagine. It will, it will indeed. Let's uh, quickly look at those games next week. So, Sydney Rays are hosting the New South Wales Country Eagles. So, top of the table clash. So, one way or the other, unless it's a draw, um, we'll, uh, we'll see one team pull away there. So, that's on Saturday at 1 o'clock p.m. Melbourne Rising are hosting Brisbane City at 3 o'clock p.m. down in Melbourne on Saturday afternoon. So, that's a really important one. Both teams on the cusp there. Which one goes either way? I'm really worried about Brisbane City this year. Um, then on Sunday at 1pm, the Vikings are hosting the Rams, as I talked about. That is now a horror little challenge match. So Canberra's first attempt at, uh, at uh, holding off the challenge from the Rams. So who knows? The Rams could be amongst the silverware on Sunday afternoon. And then finally, open Perth on uh, Sunday afternoon, the Spirit are hosting Queensland Country. So that's 1pm local time, which I think would make it about 3 o'clock over here, and that'll be on Fox Sports. So Perth Spirit sneakily a, a couple of wins there so they're doing pretty well themselves so pretty damn good competition mate so that that first match that the, the rays are in where's that being played have you got the you got the uh park? i don't i'll get it to, i think it's pitwater park okay right yeah right. yeah no, it's not just around the corner for me down not north of the oval sorry mate bugger god That's, there's my support gone <laughs> i've fallen off the bandwagon already fleeting oh <laughs> <laughs> he'll be back come um, grad final time yeah, mate, look, uh, just uh, we had one more review. Those reviews I read out earlier were from, from Poms, actually. So um, thanks very much. But there was one that's happened in the meanwhile um, last week from an Aussie, from Mickey DR, saying, great pod. However, they have, uh, they have made some great additions to the crew and immediately clipped their wings, um, let the boys play. I think they're referring to the report card. So the, the report card did miss a week, but it's back. Um, so hopefully, Mickey, you've seen that. No wings were clipped. They're um, they're riding riding free, free as birds. Good stuff. So uh, that wraps us up, guys. Another massive weekend of rugby. Best of luck to the Wallabies uh, over in Perth in on Saturday night. Hopefully, the local rugby community get out to support. They've got a big day the next day in uh, in the NRC as well. Get out there, and enjoy your rugby this weekend, guys. Matt and Hugh, thanks for joining me. Thanks, Cheers, Rich. Mate. Let's hope for another Wallabies victory. Yeah, I'll speak to you guys next week. Now they go on. Try. Great pressure from the Wallabies. 